chance. Yeah, the one is the good or great or great good. Good, uh, Goethe. Goethe Institute, um, which is a similar thing to German. I cannot, no, 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 on the podcast, I'm not letting it pass, it's Gotha, please, Hello, hello, and welcome to the CYS podcast. Good whatever time it is to you, Habarigani Natumai Mko. Vyema katika hii episode ya leo this is me trying to mix all intros in one um because uh, uh-huh. all of them the uniqueness job. and the uniqueness of all of them as usual as always i promise in the very beginning that i'll make sure to butcher swahili each time i try uh, i think i've also been successful mm-hmm. in this episode so yeah mm-hmm. so thanks to our swahili speaking audience members um that could do this much better than i um, yeah, it's me, Tia Chill, in the studio, host for today. Joining mm-hmm. me is... It's me, TK, in the studio, uh, sub-hosting for today, I guess. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Because I can't host. be a podience. Glad to have you here. It's true, you can be a podience. So that's a good idea, yes. to have our podience on, um, or at least a podience member on for one of these episodes, these fine days. Podience, if you want to mm. be on the podcast... Um, it can be part of our one-year anniversary celebration. So, mm-hmm. send in your interest to us at the podcast at gmail dot com or a message on Anchor mm-hmm. using the link in the episode notes. Um, and mm-hmm. we'll pick one or two audience members to um join us for an episode. Um, yeah, us in the that's, studio. that's wonderful. I'm so down. That sounds yeah. cool, eh? Um, yeah, sure. guys, most of these ideas actually come during the recording of the podcast. It's not like we discussed, oh, we should have the... Mm-mm. I'm spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Remember that episode yeah. where I was talking about spontaneity <laughs> and my lack of it there? This is how... This is the extent <laughs> of spontaneity for me. This is how far it goes. <laughs> oh, dear. And I oh, think very enough. Dear. Hmm. Um, TK, Whoa. um... Yeah. On our, this week's episode of uh, Where is Your Boy, K.E., mm-hmm. formerly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, any update? Um, did you receive any new pin on WhatsApp? Um, and by pin, I mean like a geo-mapping pin as to where he's mm. at. Well, what I do know uh, about last time is that while he was in Egypt, we finally got an inkling into what he was doing there. Aha. So shout out to Crowns and Crochets. Yeah. Because the crown was still being carried in Egypt. He was actually um, crown carrying. He was crown carrying this elite world Kenya. You know this year. So <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the crowns and crowns and crochets, man. Yes, yes. So so I last left him in some lovely things you're doing for our nation. So well, I I want to believe he took a tour to the Red Sea. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it parted for him. So <laughs> I, shall, I mean, he is your I boy, shall, not Moses. Yeah, so I can only <laughs> assume that he took a, a, a walk along the Red Sea and is now in Eritrea. <laughs> uh, I think we need to be doing our homework for what um, abbreviations this country uses because right. I feel like it's affecting our ability oh, to okay, well define um where exactly your boy is okay let me just find it right now 
Cool. Um, it's ER, very simple. Cool. ER. So it's your boy, ER. It's your boyer. It's your boyer. It's your boyer. It's a boyer. As in the way we make ourselves laugh over such silly things. Yeah, um, yeah. that's, that's yeah, why we do It's the small <laughs> things that bring joy. Eh? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so I want us to dive into an interesting episode we have today. Is this um, after coming from the Red Sea? Yes. Um, it actually, it actually, you know, has Red Sea vibes. Um, ah, I see. What, what, what we want to, to discuss today. Um, mm-hmm. But very far-fetched Red Sea vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the Red Sea, first of all, how many countries does the Red Sea touch? Can I just check a map? Because I don't know. Yes. I mean, our okay. podcast aims to be educational, so we're here doing our proper yeah. research. Yeah. I'm seeing Egypt, Sudan, well, Ethiopia. No, it doesn't touch Djibouti. Ethiopia. Uh, my, what am I, am I seeing my own thing on this map? It's, it's Egypt, Sudan, Eritrea, and Djibouti. And Djibouti, yes, 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 that's true. Those four. Then I'm seeing on the other side, the Saudi Arabia, Yemen, and... Eh, Yo, Jordan in a tricky, sure, maybe. <laughs> so there's something there's something about, you know, a sea that ties all those places. Um mm-hmm. and also something that differentiates um a mm-hmm. lot of those places. Um mm-hmm. so something that you know countries are known for, at least many of them, yeah. or you know, you search for a country on Wikipedia, and one of the key things mm. that it lists for you, other than you know the name of the country or the area, um, yeah. or its president, population, um, is its language. Yes, it's and I think that's interesting. Um, that language mm. is part of a nation's identity. Um, mm. I think it's. I, I don't think I've looked at language like that before. In terms of yeah. like, you know, is my language my identity? We, we, we as humans have called so many things our identities. <laughs> you know, like it's right. all, we're always identity hunting. It's like the biggest topic out there. Um, yeah, I identify with, I identify as. Yes. And rarely do people mention a language. Yet it, it seems mm. to be one of those key identifying factors um, mm-hmm. for for nations. Um what would you say for you is, is the what would you say is the most difficult language you know you've heard of? What? That's actually a very good question. I, and is difficulty relative? And if it is, what is sure. what is the most difficult language you've heard of for Tito? Hmm. Huh. Okay. I am not sorry, but I'm going to complicate things because I'm looking at it from two perspectives, the mm-hmm. speaking side of it and the yeah. reading and writing. Yes. So I think those are not exactly the same. I, I agree so with you. Especially in some be, languages where it's actually, you know, quite disparate how those two operate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Let me answer my own question. Let me say that I, I find it interesting that... In some of the languages we have in in Kenya and and mm-hmm. even beyond Kenya, within the 
African continent, mm-hmm. like if if your if your speech inflection isn't right, it can mean something else. Totally, so it's almost like eh? yeah. So, so that's that's. I mean, I guess if you speak it, you're used to it. It doesn't come to mind. But for me, I'm like so. If I don't say huh and I end on huh, it means something different. <laughs> <laughs> So I like that example. <laughs> Thanks. It meant something very different to me the second time. <laughs> I'm glad. I hope I communicated. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what did you say? Oh, I I answered my own question. I don't have an answer to your question. Okay. But um, I mean, I'm still. Tempted to say that the writing systems, the language system that use characters in their writing, mm. those make it my list of difficult because I'm trying to learn how to speak <laughs> the language. So yeah. now writing and writing characters, that feels like it's a it's a, it's a next level all task. All yeah, at least it was there. I think for me it would be similar. Um, languages that you or with writings that you use. You know, letters of the alphabet that are not the 26 that I learned in kindergarten. You know, like I look at Russian mm. names and I'm just like, where did those come from? Like, who are those? I've never seen a P go that side. Mm. You know, it's like it's like a Q without the Q-tip. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, and, you know, just a myriad of consonants. Um, mm. So I'd say uh, some of those, you know, Scandinavian and mm. Russian languages, um, mm-hmm. I think, would count for me as as the hardest, um, as the hardest mm. to learn, um, speak, yeah. hear, read. I think all mm-hmm. the above. Um, all the above. Mm. Yeah. How many languages do you speak, or can you speak? And I don't mean speak well yet, uh. but can you speak? <laughs> Ah, let's see. Where do we start from? Goodness. Uh, well, I would say... Feel free are... to list them for us. If you can't come up with a number, we'll count. Okay. Well, I, I can count the number because I like <laughs> numbers, but okay. I mean... Um, so, yeah. Well, since you were not considering if I can speak well, then there's English and Kiswahili. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, wow. I like the way those are the ones of hesitation as you go into list others. French. Mm-hmm. French. Uh, Japanese. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm really overselling that Japanese one. Mm-hmm. And I did a bit of German in high school. Mm-hmm. So it's not fully, fully forgotten in my mind, but it's a bit there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's about it. Wow. That's five languages. Yeah. Japanese, German, French, English, and Swahili. Yeah. Do you speak any, um, any Nilotic, Kushitic, or Bantuic? Languages. Yeah, I was waiting for you to say Bantuic. You committed. You committed. So just follow through. Follow yeah. through. But I guess also because Nilotic and Kushitic present themselves well 
in yeah. that sense. Yeah. Then Bantu just leaves you there yeah. by yourself. It's like what what, what happened? <sighs> Which is basically how the language is itself, you know, like the language yeah. group. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's a bit distant from those others. Yeah. Um no I don't and I know you haven't asked this but I do I do want I actually want to. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um for me <laughs> and for you, kind sir. I think I would only say I speak English. <laughs> so I speak I speak I'll be so Kenyan I say I speak bad English and good English. <laughs> I'm able to do both. Right. <laughs> But uh, those are two languages. I was actually surprised you didn't, you didn't, you didn't give any, you know, like Sheng or those kind of, you know, right mixed languages. For us to call them that, I know there's a there's a more proper term that I can't recall. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so I speak English, um, both good and bad. Mm-hmm. Depends on the day. Mm-hmm. Today's a bad day. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> I speak Swahili for the accent and not the words to make sense. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. Oh my gosh. Kwambaneza, to me, aluha, intonation and everything, just because, you know, my mom was raised in coast, so, like, when she calls her siblings, she, that, that uh, intonation and accent comes from nowhere. But speaking to us, even in Swahili, mm-hmm. it doesn't check. Which is so, has always fascinated mm-hmm. me since I was a child. Um, mm. But like the things like ngelis and you know the, the actual meaning of words or how they should be put together in Swahili is totally lost on me. Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, the thing I remember most from my Swahili lessons, um, or the thing mm-hmm. that really stuck with me, that the teachers, at least that one, I can say this one, the, re- the teachers really passed on, and I remember to date, mm-hmm. is the caning. Um oh, and and that, uh, and that was it. That's yeah, that's all so I carried from my Sahili class for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not blaming them totally. Part of it is me. <laughs> I just didn't capture those things because mm-hmm. I had <laughs> classmates who did. Um, under the same teacher. Yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but me, I chose to take, uh, chose to take the difficult things such as the kings. Mm-hmm. Left them with the easier parts of of the actual language. Um, yeah, I since I didn't say speak well, I can uh, I yeah. can say Spanish words. Let me qualify it that way, <laughs> and I can also say words in okay, Spanish. Hold on, if you're going to say Spanish words, then I'm going to say and those are two things, man. So I can say Spanish words. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Por favor, eh? Me amo, Timothy, como se llama? You know, you can say Spanish words, then I can also say words in Spanish, like bread, pan, you know. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. do it on cue. It's not like, you know, how you teach a dog a trick, you know, sit and it sits. So you can throw me a word yeah. and I don't know. And most of the dictionary mm-hmm. I will not know. Um, mm-hmm. Part of that is also because of the distance from which... I learned Spanish maybe like a year and a half ago. Um, at least that's when I stopped learning mm. Spanish. So, and without z- right. with zero practice in that intermittent time, um, not much has retained. But I'm looking mm-hmm. to learn. So, if anyone knows by the podience, if you know of and you live in Nairobi, 
or you know of Nairobi, or you have a good Nairobi Google search technique, I am looking mm-hmm. for a Spanish equivalent of the is mm-hmm. it of 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 Alliance Ponce. So it's like a French cultural center that teaches. Leave it language. to me there. Um and uh, what's the other one? Is it the goat or goat or goethe? Goethe Institute. Um which is a similar thing for German. Not, no 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 not yet, no I no on the podcast I'm not letting it fast. It's Gotha. Please, please. And it's what? Gotha. Sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Is what did you say? <laughs> The Gotha Institutes. The Gotha Institute. That's how it's said. Are you serious? Podians, you tell us. Are you Team yeah. Gotha or Team Goethe? Um, THL is Team Goethe. And uh, TK is Team mm-hmm. Gotha. Um, we're not trying to pitch you against each other. We're actually friends. And whatever side you pick, we'll still remain friends. Um, yeah, but good to know that it's the Gotha Institute. Well, maybe I should add German to the mm-hmm. list um, of <laughs> difficult languages. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, those are the languages I speak. Anyway, so if you if you know a Spanish teaching equivalent of those institutes, please mm-hmm. let me know. I really want to take Spanish um, seriously um, in terms of learning it mm-hmm. formally. Um, which brings mm-hmm. me to my next question. What do you think is the best way to learn a language? As someone who is in ah. five languages in. Ah, oh, man, that is actually such a good question. Uh, well, I mean, the best case scenario would be immersion. Mm-hmm. But that's not always yeah, possible. So for that. you and I, that would look like, yeah, for you and I, that would look like you going to either live in Spain or in a country that predominantly speaks Spanish. I mm-hmm. think in Africa, your best bet is Equatorial Guinea, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, thank you. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never been. Um, could but, make a road trip out of it um, using other means trip. of transport. But road trip doesn't mean on the mm-hmm. road, guys. For CIS, road trip means travel. I see. <laughs> um, so, well, there's that. But also, I'm... Uh, I think a combination of... I mean, I think formal study is helpful, but you also need to learn the cultural things. It's one of those things that I say... For example, if someone learns Kiswahili outside this country, so our international audience, if you choose to learn Kiswahili, and Maze, you learn here how to say... And then you just throw in Maze. I'm like, and you're speaking to the international audience. <laughs> I noticed it's true, but too much. I'm just like, Maze, like, like, like is that a maze? <laughs> Like, what is Maze? I don't even have to translate some well, of these things. It's, it's a filler word. That's the best thing for it. It works, yeah. it works the same way as, like, you know, yes, those yes, filler yes. words you say as we speak through. Yeah. Literally. Uh, 
Yes. Uh, yeah. So I think a combination of some formal study combined with things that will help you know the cultural nuances. So maybe some mm. TV shows or some, because a TV show is likely to use a bit more informal language mm. or think about maybe some of the shows here that we may or may not watch. Um, okay. Uh, let me use two characters, DJ Shiti and, and, and Jugush. I don't particularly follow all their productions, but I'm confident that if you watch any of their productions, like that would be a good way to learn how how we speak. Not what we speak, but how we speak Kiswahili. Mm. It would kind of help. So that's why I'm saying so TV shows, because they, they might speak more of the informal language that people actually mm. speak on the ground. That would be helpful. Yeah. yeah. So I think just a combination of formal study plus um, interactions with media that will cause you to also see a bit of the informal uses of the language. Yeah. Yeah. I asked this question mm. because um, on my YouTube recommends, there was this, um, the channel of this guy who often does a series with his grandma where they have a, wha- they have a conversation in six languages. Mm-hmm. So they sit that down so together cool. and then every so often they switch a language. To me, that was bizarre, insane, and so, so I'm like, gosh, like, I wish I could do that just for the sake of doing it. Yeah, that's like, Timo, catch up, catch up. We need to have a work plan. As As if you use the word work plan, indeed, my friendship has had an effect on you. Let me tell you, it has. But let me tell you, I think your boy is best placed because... He's spent some time in Egypt, so maybe he's brushed up some Arabic. <laughs> I was really wondering have, where you're taking this. <laughs> I have no idea what language is spoken. What are some of the languages spoken in Eritrea? As in, so before I just lie, uh, let's add that one. I know it's not Eritrean, yeah. but there's, there's the language. Tigrinya, mm. I'm sure. I think I had an Eritrean okay. so classmate. So. Uh, if you're going to come for me, come for her as well, because uh, she's honest to tell us such things. So he's at least, you know, he's challenging us. He's learned two extra languages, Arabic yeah. and uh, Yeah, Tigrinya, you said it right. Not like me and Goethe. Anyway, so this guy, so the reason why his grandmother knows six languages is because she grew up in I think it's easier if I used myself as an example. So say my parents were Egyptian for the sake of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So they, they're native Arabic speakers. Um, and then mm-hmm. I was born in Kenya, um, where English and Swahili are the predominant languages across the board. Right. So I ended up learning mm-hmm. Arabic because of my parents and then English and Swahili because of Kenya. And then mid through my childhood we relocated to spain um and mm-hmm. so i learned spanish there so now i'm already on four mm-hmm. um yeah i went for an exchange program in france um mm-hmm. and so um i ended up learning french uh married mm-hmm. an italian wife in france mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i feel like I don't at this point now I'm wondering why I used myself because that last that last part of my story has is interesting. Um I was so here for it by the way. I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> I can see mm-hmm. you across the booth. <laughs> Um, thanks, smiling thanks, thanks. ear to ear. Anyway, so and so that oh, way, sure. she mm-hmm. she ended up. Um, so our story is not exactly like that. Part of it was like fleeing for different reasons and economic reasons, and right. so she ended up in a different right. country and had to learn how to operate there. And for her, it was by immersion yeah. all the time. It's, it's going to the market, yeah. pointing, pointing until you begin to learn what things are like that. Mm. Um, yeah. And so she ends up knowing six languages. Um, and she recalls all of them to stay to date at different levels um and it's interesting you know for, for most people who learn other languages and english mm-hmm. is one of the other languages not the first language that they learned english ends up being the least known um mm-hmm. or, the, or the most difficult um or spoken the most that. strangely at least and this is not scientific this is just in my observation right. of Mm-hmm. English is a harder second language than most other languages mm. being second, um, it seems. So I think I That's take for granted that, you know, I learned English as a first language and that renders me some, you know, whatever it renders me um, into this. <laughs> yeah, world. whatever it renders you. It is to you or it, it is, is to you or it is to Aki the way we, we keep uh, stealing Shiro's line. Uh, Shiro, will you allow yeah. us? <laughs> is it patented? <laughs> we can promise well, to I'm link to your, to your episode every time we say it. So please go yeah. and listen to Tuesdays with Shiro, um, one of yeah. our partner podcasts here at the CYS podcast. Um, yes. All right. So anyway, back to this guy. He. Hmm. So he did a video recently on, you know, like the fastest or the quickest or the best way to learn a language. And he broke mm-hmm. it down into like <clears throat> a mixture of a Venn diagram and a concentric circle. Oh my God. Chart. <laughs> yeah. Which, of course, was right up my alley. I'm like, if you're going to break something down into steps and, you know, scientific methods, I'm here for it. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, I like, you know, when it's structured and stuff like that. I can do abstract, but. This one mm. appealed to me because language is an abstract thing that he's trying to, you know, right. Um, right. put some structure around it. So what what so it's concentric circles um featuring mm-hmm. the most common used words at the center. So you know how you mm. draw concentric circles with the smallest in the center? Um yeah. so for him the largest not circumference, but the largest area would be the circle mm-hmm. in the center. Yeah. So the circle with the widest circumference would have the smallest area because those are the least used words in the hierarchy of right. that language. Yeah. So it's say if you can mm-hmm. master the most used words of a language, maybe the most twenty to fifty used words mm-hmm. of a language, um, within that first circle, and you keep expanding. And so as you learn a word, mm-hmm. you learn its uses in a few different scenarios, um, and you know use that as your as your way to to learn through the language mm-hmm. rather than in most of my language education it's been um you learn the is it even tenses this thing of gendered words right. which i don't understand but i just know exists in most yeah. of these latin based languages um mm-hmm. So anyway, you learn that and then, you know, you learn introductions and tourist language, you know, toilet, water, bread, mm-hmm. restaurant, hotel, um, yeah. geography. 
Um, uh-huh. So he advocates for, you know, learning the most used terms by the people who speak that language. Language, and, you know, right. moving like that, which I thought was very interesting. And he's now offering a whole course on that with a, a researcher friend of his, a linguist, I guess. Um, mm. So I was just, for me, it was interesting. So I, ca- I don't know a best way to learn how to speak a language just because I'm actually not proficient in learning and speaking languages, um, mm. which is, I find sad, especially knowing that it's possible for some people. So like TK, for example is one of those mm-hmm. more naturally inclined to languages, if I can even say such a thing. Um, and my dad is ah. one of those where he travels, you know, somewhere and literally almost anywhere in this country, he will not fail to be able to communicate, um, which wow. I feel like is an insane thing. So he, he just knows a little, but a lot of a little. So many yeah. languages, just a phrase here and there, that just and, right. and and he he what he what he captures is the feeling and the emotion behind the words so that when he says mm-hmm. them it feels authentic so he drives for authenticity right. not verbosity of words um, that is and so he cool. finds that connects better with people and i've actually seen it live where you know people who are not giving him any attention would now give him attention not because of the words he said because you know you can say jumbo if you say yeah. jumbo to me on the street, like I've already profiled you, you know. Um, for sure. Maybe I've just profiled you. Pop. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so he he captures like the I don't even know what you'd call it, but the thing behind the language. You know how you're saying like you must have in like the culture and watch movies and um yeah. you know, read books that are, you know, put the language in its context. Um I think that's yeah. his, his approach in a bit more an informal mm. way towards mm language you have just been listening to the first installment of languages on the cys podcast the guys have taken us on a journey exploring this topic of languages join us next time as they continue their conversation cys out